This podcast is sponsored by Coastal Leather Supply, created by leather crafters for leather crafters, supplying premium leather tools and all your other leather working needs. Specialised in vegetable tan leather such as Buttero and many others, they ship international and are trusted in the Australian and New Zealand leather working community. Visit coastalleathersupply.com.au. Welcome to the 12th episode of the Joseph M Leather Podcast. Today I'm with Mitch from Mitch Made Goods. Mitch is from Sydney, Australia and handcrafts wallets, keychains, clutches and other small goods such as coasters and cigar pouches. All his items are handcrafted and you won't see a machine from start to finish. Welcome, Mitch. Thanks for having me. No, that's, thanks, thanks for your time. So uh, how did you get into Leathercraft? Um, uh, I think much like we spoke about before, I sort of, uh, I've had this belt since sounds silly but i've had this belt since either 2009 or 2010 can't remember when i bought it and other than the natural patina of it it hasn't really changed over time um i bought it handmade from some bloke in a stall somewhere in manly i think at the time and i've worn it if not every day 90 percent of the days of the year since and it's still kicking um and i've burnt through wallets since then like no tomorrow and i always buy leather wallets because i like leather um and having learnt about it a lot more recently and buying one right before COVID happened and it fell apart during COVID when I wasn't even using it was quite frustrating for me. So um, I sort of looked to this belt and thought maybe I could make a wallet last that long and um, yeah, gave it a crack and here I am. Wow, okay. So so what wallets were you using? Am I, I feel like if I name and shame brands, I'll, um, they'll come for me. You know, yeah, just... I know. <laughs> That's all right. No, but um, I won't. I won't name names, but I think you could probably assume who I'm talking about if you you're in Australia and you've ever bought a um, a leather wallet for a mate or maybe a watch for yourself and you haven't wanted to go too high end and you've gone to a uh, smaller store, but they're in pretty much every Westfield shopping centre. I might leave it there if you know what I'm talking about. Then you know what I'm talking about. But they don't. Um, they don't actually use. If they do use real leather, it's genuine leather, and we all, you know, we know that's not really leather. Yeah. And then they line all of their pockets with fabric with machine-sewn stitching, and it all falls apart. So um, that's been the main cause of my concern. And then I've had a couple others gifted to me, and even a Gucci wallet that hasn't lasted barely two years. So wow, okay, yeah. What are you doing? Yeah, and I don't know what I'm doing wrong. Like, yeah, well, maybe, I was say, what are you doing? Are you like maybe I'm just aggressive? Maybe I have too funny. much. <laughs> Yeah, maybe my standards are too high for what lasting means. I mean, they're not like falling apart at the seams or anything like that, but, you know, a stitch will break. And yeah. now I learnt, I've learnt what, um, you know, what hand stitching is comparative to a machine stitch. And I'll have one stitch break and then the thread will get caught on the zipper in my pants or whatever, and all of a sudden it rips the whole thing out. Mm. Um, and now I have two halves of a wallet. Yeah. Um, that's an actual thing that happened when I was out once and I had to carry this mess of a wallet home and all my cards were loose and I thought, this is ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, I have this dress shirt and like ever since I bought it, there was like a little thread that sticks out of the cuff and I've been too scared to yeah. like cut it because it's like, if I cut it, it's just going to unravel and it's like ever since I've had it, I've had this thread that like hangs out yeah. the cuff. Too much structural integrity, you can't get rid of it. Oh, it's like... It's like, I feel like just cutting it down to, like, the, the smallest point, but it's like, it would just, yeah, so just leave it. If it isn't broken, just leave That's it. That's it. Don't risk it. Yeah. Okay, so, 
do you know so okay so you bought that belt from that rent from a guy so i mean he probably still has a business but yeah. i just don't remember he doesn't have a maker's mark it was a um ink stamp on the inside of this bridle leather it rubbed off maybe three or four months later mm-hmm. it wasn't there so i have no idea what the brand name is i've had it for what 12 years now um, Wow. okay so yeah, I just I wish I knew because I'd yeah. like to talk to him and be like, "How did you make a belt that lasted so long?" Yeah, like I bashed this thing and it's just held up. What, what's the buckle like on it? Is that pretty decent? I've got it here. It's my work belt. It's my daily belt. It's just a um, heel bar. It's nothing crazy. I don't know if you can see. Wow, that's that. okay. Okay, so it has like a black buck, uh, buckle loop. Well, it's this. You mean? Yeah, that. This is this was all um, tan. It's just patina. It was oh, like this really? whiskey. It was like this whiskey brown. It was more like this. It was like much like this when I got it. And it's turned this black and patina color, which I love. It's so unique, and like even the brass is all polishing in certain points yeah. and and things like that. But yeah, it's just lasted forever. Yeah, so, that's just patinaed like that. Uh, it's just patinaed like this. Wow. Like this is such a raw piece of leather. There's no. He hasn't even flattened down the the flesh side. Is still, it's all raised. Like you can see the fibers, in it. Yeah. Which I love, but he just, it's kind of like he threw this together in twenty minutes. To be honest with you, but for some reasons, lasted a lifetime. So. Does it look like it's died, or has he, or I mean, has he died it himself, or has it come? I don't think so. I think it's come that way. Um. From what from what limited knowledge I have, but. No, I'm pretty sure this is just the natural wow, leather. Okay. Yeah. Is it thick? Maybe like four mil. Okay. Nothing crazy. Yeah. Not okay. a, what are they called? The indestructible belt. <laughs> Anvil hide plug here. No, nothing, nothing like that. Um, so, okay. So that was last year. You got in. So it was last year. That belt. Oh, when you got into leather work. Oh, uh, yeah, last year, the back end of last year, uh, really probably the start of September. Really? That that young? You're that young? Yeah. Wow, yeah. that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, it okay. hasn't been long at all. Like, people keep telling me, oh, yeah, you've been doing it for a year. I'm like, no. Yeah. No, it's been a handful of months. I just, I love doing things with my hands and, like, learning things the hard way. Like, mm-hmm. if, if you saw the bin of mistakes that I've made, and I'm assuming people that have been doing this for 20 years are just laughing at me, going, mate, you have no idea. But I think comparative to some others that have maybe been going for a year or, or two, I've definitely got a massive messes that really should never have been seen yeah. uh, by another human eye. But I yeah, took them to a bunch of people and said, what do you think of this? They're like, that's disgusting, mate. I'm like, okay, well, back to the drawing board. <laughs> See, I like, because there's so many of us that actually have that, like, I have a tub full of, like, all this stuff that I that I've made. Yeah. Okay, so you come up with an idea that you want to make a wallet. So where do you go? Like, where do you go? Like, how did I start making the wallet or... So how did you find the leather? How did you find... Okay. So I think I sort of came to the conclusion that I wasn't going to buy a wallet again. Well, I, I didn't think that's what I wanted to do. So I started researching on, like, what a good quality wallet entails and leather wallet specifically. Um, and it was a bit of a, it just felt like everyone's opinion was getting thrown at me. There was no set in stone answer of like, this is what a good wallet is. Yeah. 
and eventually came across a, um, I think it was an EDC thread on Reddit, um, and they were talking about, I wish I knew his name, they were talking about some guy in particular and how they really liked this ward that he'd released, and I thought, okay, cool, so there's a guy that makes these things, like it must be handmade is impressing there were like two and a half thousand people on this reddit thread that all backed him and i thought okay well obviously this guy's got something worth looking out for so i did a bit more research so i researched how much it would cost to make a leather wallet and came across an article i can't remember if the website was make supply or not but it rings a bell it was basically like, oh, you know, for $100, you could probably make yourself a wallet. And I thought, yeah, well, I'm going to do that instead of blow my $100 on a, a branded wallet that's not going to last. Um, and, yeah, I just went to, when I say local, I mean, it's the only one in, in Sydney. Um, I went to the local leather supply store and walked in and I said, look, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't own anything. <laughs> like, I've never done this before. And the, uh, the lady there was actually really helpful. I think her name's Tracy. And um, she helped me with basics and said, you know, and I've seen these people with flashy tools and stuff. I'm like, oh, that that edge thing doesn't look much like this guy's. And she goes, first of all, that's called an edge beveler. And you don't need a flashy one as long as you've got one that does the job, you know. So she was she was quite direct and, and helpful in a way as well. And I'm, I'm kind of responsive to that type A personality. Just tell me how it is. So she said, look, start with this. And if you like it, come back, get better stuff. I was like, okay, cool. I like that idea. Uh, so I walked out of there after spending 150 bucks and bought six square feet of this eco hide, um, which was just some veg tanned leather, basically. I had one color of leather, one color of thread, and I got home and just tried making things with zero pattern. I was like tracing cards. Uh, <laughs> I got my, got my card out and I you know, would trace around it and go, okay, cool. I'm going to cut out and make a sleeve and then you realize that you've just cut the stitching line over the edge of the the card so the card now doesn't fit in the pocket okay cool scrap that make it wider go again and like mm. just sort of started doing that like that just reminds me of my times so i remember having like the l-shaped ruler and it's like making sure everything all the corners are like level <laughs> and then like make sure you yeah. cut it out yeah whereas nowadays yeah. i just like i i have like this it's called infin affinity design and literally you just like make squares and like you can just like mathematically make it perfectly. <laughs> yeah, right. I think there's something for me, there's something to the the doodling aspect and just scribbling out a design and yeah. trying to make it work. Like I just I've recently played around with a money clip design and I made it wrong four times before I actually made the thing where it could hold cards. Yeah. Like, with nice leather too, like not with scrap because I didn't have any scrap at the time, and I was like, no, this will definitely work. I've made it with paper. It's going to work. Yeah. Sure enough, it doesn't work. Start again. <laughs> I know. I know. It's, it's weird, like, when you you think it will work, and then it just doesn't work, on a, yeah. especially, like, freehand, when you're freehand drawing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Okay. So how did you go with that first wallet that you made? Oh, uh, not good. Not good. <laughs> The, um, it was basically like a card wrap, and I'm about to release a design that's very similar to it. Um, I've basically been trying to refine it since October, I think. Um, it was basically a one-piece wrap that had one bigger pocket than the front pocket, which was designed, because I really only use one or two of my cards, and the rest I need but don't use as regularly. Mm -hmm. Um and basically, it's my access card for work and then my daily coffee card, essentially my debit card. 
Um, but then I've got like car parking passes and business cards and things like that that sit in my wallet. So I wanted to have like a bigger slot for the everyday, uh, sorry, a smaller slot for the everyday cards and then a bigger slot for the things that I still sort of need to have on me, but a, a circumstantial. Um, yeah. And so I've come up with that design now, but the first one, mate, was didn't even work. Like <laughs> Barely cards, barely fit in. I thought, oh, yeah, this will patina over time and it'll start to stretch. And no, I just made it too small. <laughs> It's horrendous. Yeah, okay. I don't think I even did any edge work. Like, I didn't bevel the edges. Um, I think I stuck it together, and I was so focused on sanding the one flat edge on it that was where, the th- like, three pieces overlapped each other. I just wanted to sand that down and make that look really good that I didn't actually bevel any of the edges. So it was they're all squared up. Yeah. And um, I think I carried it for a week before I made something else. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what was the leather called? Eco. An eco... It's called an eco hide, and the, the store here in Sydney is called Birdsel. Uh, Birdsel yeah. Leather Craft, maybe. Yeah, I, I sort of went in and said, I don't know what I'm doing. And she goes, I would just recommend starting with this. You know, it's a 1.2 to 1.4. You can skype it down. It's pretty easy to bevel and, and burnish. And I had no idea what she was talking about. I'm just like, yeah, okay, yeah, sounds good. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. okay. And, and ended up walking out with, yeah, I think five and a half square feet of the stuff. But it was super cheap, like... It's really good. I use it for most of, if not all, of my prototypes um, yeah. until very recently when I've run out of it and just haven't had time to drive down there. Yeah. But um, it's it's not bad stuff. It's just that I like other stuff. Yeah. That would actually be quite good because it's kind of a leather still. Mm. So. And, like, it's it's one of those things that you might want to make it out of Botero or Pueblo or whatever, one of the popular leathers, but you make a a prototype that functions out of that stuff and it's still good and you can keep it and mm-hmm. you could maybe you could give it to someone close to you that has already supported you and bought a few wallets and you go here i'm never never going to use this prototype you take it and if you like it use it whatever yeah yeah okay just do that. yeah so then how did you further learn and refine your skills because that's an interesting story like i yeah the, you just yeah in, and I, I know what you mean like the the internet is is uh, overflowing with people's opinions, so it's hard to, <laughs> you know, yeah. especially like forums and all that. It's hard to uh, make a decision. Yeah, absolutely. I think, like, I was looking at it less as a craft and more of a how to make a wallet. Mm-hmm. Um, and I saw a card holder or whatever you want to call it. And so I sort of just wanted to learn by myself how to do that and... I really enjoyed learning myself and I, I sort of worked things out on my own comparing my work to other people's that I followed online. It wasn't until I tried to make different products that I started looking up tutorials on how to do them. Yeah. And how did you find YouTube when you typed in the tutorials? Man, I'm not good at like listening to other people. Yeah. <laughs> Which sounds ridiculous, but um, I, it, I'd follow the step, step by step and it would come out and it would look completely different. Mm-hmm. And I would just be like, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. I feel like I'm putting way too much focus on it. Yeah. Um, and so I, yeah, I, I definitely took things from a lot of people. Like a lot of people mentioned guys like uh, Little King Goods and Quarter, and for me, Mask and Leather. And there's a few other guys that come to mind. But uh, for me, I think I just took little bits away from each of them and implemented the way they did things. Mm-hmm. Um, like I can't even remember who I got my skiving technique off. But I remember I, I've changed it somehow anyway because it just worked better for me. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, I guess that's a bit. My, my learning's been a bit of reading and watching and a lot of a lot of doing, like a lot and yeah. a lot of doing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like I'll get up in the morning at four thirty just to try and bevel an edge perfectly, mm-hmm. like before I really knew what I was doing, or I would. I would come home from work late at nine o'clock and stay up till 11, 12 o'clock trying to work out how to sand an edge better and, mm-hmm. and things like that. And I'm still not great. I'm still learning every day. There's every time I do something, I, I learn something different or new, even if it's making the same product. Like one of my card holders is called the Bushman. And every time I make it, I learn something new about it. Yeah. Um, and about my process and, um, yeah, like just making it. The first time I made one of those took me like four and a half hours, and I think now I do it in like an hour forty-five to two hours max, and the edges look a hundred and fifty times better than the first one I ever made. So, yeah, um, yeah, I kind of like that about it too. I think that's what hooks people. Yeah, which one's the Bushman? Um, there's a pretty recent post I think actually with it. It's got a hundred dollar bill in the top of it. Oh, that'll be easy to find. Uh, yeah, it's like my third or fourth most recent post. Yeah, it's my third most recent one. Um, yeah, okay. Oh, yeah. If you scroll down a bit, you can see I've got one in camo and black, one in all black, and then one in the, the green and brown, which is probably my favorite colorway of the lot. Yeah, how do you, um like, how do you choose colors? Because you're quite a colorful person when it comes to your items. I'm like, I'm too scared. It's like, oh, I don't want to, like... Get yeah. this color and not like it. It's there's like... there's something I get that. There's something about um, bravery in mixing colors that really fascinates me. And yeah. like I follow I follow a lot of interior design and architecture pages on my personal account. Um, and although I'm not an architect or an interior designer, I take I think I draw a lot from them. Like whether I learn it on the spot or I just sort of think about it later on. Mm-hmm. And I go, oh, those colors look really good together. Maybe I'm gonna you know, wear them that way or make something that way or whatever it might be. And it sort of just comes through. It comes somewhat naturally. I look at something online and I'm like, okay, that's that's a really nice green leather. I reckon an, an orange thread would look really good with that. But then I'll yeah. scroll through for four and a half hours trying to find the exact orange that's in my mind. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Like, so when you make those colorful wallets, are you like... Are you selling them ones or are you just making them for like show? Uh, it depends. So like the um the blue and pink one that I just recently like made. All these three. Ooh. Yeah, so those are the galars. So the first galar I made was the black and pink one. And then I showed a mate and he goes, oh, Would you make it with would you make me one but instead of the black, can you make it like this colour? And shows me like a natural veg tan leather and I'm like, mm-hmm. Yeah, I can do that, no worries. Um, and you know, I don't want to say no to things. I don't like, I'm just, I'm a yes person anyway, but particularly if someone orders something or wants to work together on a design, I'm, I'm open to it. So when people want to throw colors at me, I'm happy to, yeah, happy to work something out with them. You know, I'll send them 45 different photos of leather. Yeah. You, know, my, you should see my camera reel. It's ridiculous. <laughs> well, that's, the, that's one of the good things about, uh, Pueblo and Bodero is that they have, I think Buttero has like 18 colors in it. Yeah. So Yeah, it's crazy. I just got some green Buttero today actually. Oh, the the the, the dark green? Uh, it's like an emerald green. Have you seen Green Dakota? Uh, it's so it's like, I don't know how it's pronounced. It's a, it's a Isn't it a darker green? Yeah, it is a darker green. Yeah, it it's looks... like it's similar to this. If you've got 
Did you, get it from, did you get it from Rocky Mountain? I did, from yeah. that big group buy we did. Oh, did, oh, yeah, okay. I didn't know you did the group buy. Oh, mate, come on. Is that on Discord or is that on Instagram? It's on, it's on Discord. See, it's I'm, on never Discord. On, I'm never on Discord. Like, uh, Is that like the new Reddit or something like that? Yeah, there's a the, the Oceanic group is now on Discord as well. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm hardly ever on it. But you've got the link, right? Like, you can access the chat. Yeah, I'm on. I'm on the group chat. I'm just, I um. So, how, hey, if you did a group order, then how how has it all? How are you all getting it? <laughs> Is it all? Uh, Walker from Queensland. I have to ship him his stuff. Like the guys out of state, I'll have to ship to, and then the guys interstate. I'm pretty central in Sydney compared to where everyone is, with the exception of Clint, who's on the central coast. Um, and so I'll just drive and it's an excuse for me to sit down and have a chat with them and catch up and whatever else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I mean, South Australia, so I can't drive up to you. <laughs> yeah. I think the closest person to you is Dylan and even he's miles away. Oh, is that that, um, that leather collective dude? Yeah. 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 I've been speaking to him quite yeah. a fair bit actually. Yeah. He owns, I'm going to butcher his leather name Revuse Revuse yeah. something like that yeah sorry Dylan this stuff looks really nice though yeah I want to do like I want to do a Australian leather community episode where it's like as many people on as possible that'd be a nightmare you'd need like a talking stick that people had to pass around you have to hold the talking I'll stick up I'll be like uh, I'll mute your mic you know they turn off your mic if you say yeah, something off yeah. script <laughs> just turn off the mic yeah absolutely um Okay, so, uh, yeah, so, okay, how's that green look? Because I was actually thinking of getting, like, this colour here is that Bordex, and that's a gorgeous colour. Yeah, uh, this is, like, oh, I can't see it because of my light. I can't tell. Bordeaux? But, like, the maroon? Yeah, it's, it's on my Instagram. It's, uh... Oh, yeah, I know the one you're talking about. Yeah, though. that colour. Man, yeah, I really like I really like Batero. I think it's it's one of the leathers I'm going to start using a lot more. I only really use it to make a handful of custom stuff. Um, that people were like, oh, I want it glossy. And I'm like, okay, well, glossy is going to be, you're going to have to narrow it down. And I'd send through a few options and they'd go, oh, this one's kind of cool. So I just bought a bunch of different colors of Botero to use. And mm. um, the more I used it, the more I liked it. I didn't like it the first time I used it. Uh, I just wasn't used to it compared to the other others I was using. You know, I went from Eco Hide to like a Maya to a Pueblo, which was pretty much the same thing to... I bought some chrome tan stuff from some textile company in the city. Um, and then, yeah, eventually got my hands on some um, Batero, which I really have enjoyed as of late. Yeah. I know it's, it's, it's sort of like a typical leather, what you would think leather would look like, like a good leather, if that makes sense. Yeah. It, it just looks like quality. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. That's what I, it's like a, um, yeah. You summed it up. Yeah. It just looks like what you would think good leather would look like. And there's mm. so many different colours in it, and it is quite good leather anyway. Um, yeah. Okay, then. So, actually, yeah. So, what I, actually, I'll ask about. So, do you struggle with any skills at the moment? Like, what? Oh skills? man, I suck. <laughs> like, I'm pretty average. I don't even stitch with a stitching pony. Like, I literally yeah. hold the leather in one hand, and I have the thread wrapped around the back, and I'm holding it down as I put the needle through with my other hand, and then I pull it out the back and try and make sure the tension's the same, and, like, I'm still You need a, stitch. you need a stitching pony. 
Oh, I have one. It's it's literally right here. Look, oh, I'll show you that. Here. Is it? But um, because I'm so comfortable now, I just bought this actually quite recently, and um, on another group buy with Dear Dagger, and um, I, I've used it twice, and I just I'm gonna have to get used to it. I'm just gonna have to start sitting here with two pieces of random scrap glued together and learn how to actually saddle stitch, which is something I'd love to do and is the next thing I'm going to pick up, mm-hmm. um, definitely skill-wise. Um, right now I'm trying to get really good at skiving because um, I would like to do it a fair bit more, and I think my design work is limited by my ability to skive. Um, so I'm learning and teaching myself how to do that a little bit better. Yeah. Um, and then, and then yeah... Um, Saddle stitching will be the next thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I really like my method, but it's not going to last forever. Um, yeah, and you, you'll get a lot faster with this stitching pony. You'll... Yeah, and as well, like my, I don't think my stitch lines actually look that bad. There's, no. there's some of them that, some of them are questionable, don't get me wrong, and there are definitely some pieces that I'll never post about that they are just disgusting. Um, but, you know, for... For me to be able to get, and I'll show you this here, like I've got that stitch line is pretty straight and it's got a money clip behind it. Like that wasn't easy to do. I couldn't glue that down so it didn't move. I had to really get that right. Um, You know, like my lines are pretty high. Because you can get those money clips from Rocky Mountain, can't you? Yeah. And so how how do you keep it steady as you're stitching it? So I actually didn't put this in here to stitch it. It was out. Um, okay. Uh, I basically, what I did was I did all, the whole rest of the wallets. I put all the pockets on it and did all the edge work and pretty much finalized everything before I even punched the holes for this. And then what I did was wrapped it around. So you can see actually that it's quite tight. Yeah. There's not a lot of breathing room. I can't I can't really push it out. I'm going to have to really pull it out if I want to get it out of here, which is something I've learned for next time is maybe give it a little bit more breathing space because it's not going anywhere. Um, but isn't but that what a good I did, thing if it's tight? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But I think, you know, like it's a bit ridiculous. I'm going to have to get pliers to get this thing out. <laughs> maybe it's a good thing. Maybe I've come up with a great design. I haven't even started carrying this yet to work it out. Um, but essentially what I did was I, I got it as tight as I could and I just made little marks with my fingernail right where the tightest point was yeah. and I measured two mil off of that and then stitched the line down there um, on either side yeah. and it's worked perfectly and that's what I mean by like just messing around with with designs. I didn't take this design from anyone. This isn't a PDF template. I can actually show you that it's cardboard that I have cut out. That's my template for that. Wow, okay. You know, so that's literally, I just went, yep, cool. That's going to be about right. I've even drawn my pockets on here. I don't have an individual cutting piece for pockets. Like, I just got some board from Officeworks and threw something together in my brain. Yeah. And chucked it on a a bit of cardboard, yeah. Oh, so so what did you use stitching trigger? Like, do you use the diamond shape or the, I don't know, slanted shapes or the straight rounds? I've got two. I'm very glad that I'm doing this at my desk, my workbench, the studio as I call it. It's not a studio at all. It's a one square meter by one square meter space in my uh, one bedroom apartment. And that's what I love about this is like, I have not taken up that much room, but I can do so much out of here. Yeah. Like it's crazy. But um, the, yeah, I, so I use these diamond chisels. 
Oh yeah. Um, predominantly, which are nothing fancy, but and then I've got these Cinebrox Cinebrooks for the round holes. I had someone once specifically ask for round holes in stitching, and I said, "Are you joking?" Because I'm going to have to now buy. Um, and I toss up for a couple of weeks, and one day he just goes, "Look, mate, I'm happy to wait as long as." You can, you know, whenever you decide to do it. And one day I bit the bullet and bought them. And I actually really like them. I'm thinking about buying some diamond chisels from them too. They're quite expensive, aren't they? Yeah, they're not cheap. They're about they're, they're a couple hundred bucks just for a five, wow. a five tooth. Yeah. So how, okay. Yeah, you, so you just got the five tooth. You didn't get like two or one. I got a five and a two yeah. just for corners. Yeah. Um, but five's enough. Like yeah. 3.38 mil spacing. Yes, I have to hammer a fair few times, but... I find that I've got a pretty steady hand to make it straight enough anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't need to worry about having 12 prongs in a row to make sure my line's straight. So yeah. um, I'm not in a rush. I'm not mass producing anything. I take my time. I get a couple orders a week at most. So I've got, you know, all week to really put the thing together. Yeah. Okay. So then how did you grow your brand? Because you started September. You got confidence. I think I started... I didn't have the confidence to sell things for ages when I started. Man, I think the thing for me was I I had people asking for it, like just mates, but they were literally like, I want to buy something. I don't even think I had a maker's mark yet. Like I, I hadn't even ordered my stamp. I designed my logo, but I hadn't even ordered my stamp. And if you scroll right to the beginning of my Instagram, you'll see stuff with no maker's mark. And people were just like, I actually really like it because it's different. And mm-hmm. If people think it's different, great. But when I look at the leather community, I'm like, it's not different. It's the same thing that everyone else is producing. But it's because I was learning. I wasn't confident enough to put my own designs out. Um, my clutch was actually the first thing that started selling, which is literally just not even half a square foot of leather that I've folded over and cut an envelope uh, lip onto and shoved a button on. Yeah. Um, but people seemed to like it. So that was the first thing that sort of started going. Um, the way I built my brand, I don't, I don't know, because I still haven't really looked at it as a business. Like, mm-hmm. I do. That's a lie. I look at it as a business because I want to take it seriously when someone orders something off me. But I'm having too much fun to really care. Yeah, yeah. Like I just, I'm just enjoying the fact that I'm learning so much, so quickly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I post, post a fair bit. I tag a fair bit i follow other leather crafters and like their stuff and i do giveaways and raffles and post in my story heaps and try and get people to have fun with me like ask stupid questions and throw random stuff out there to get people to talk to me and maybe i'm lonely i don't know no (laughs) um i just um yeah it's a bit of fun for me you know it's um and it's not like and it's not like it's a different personality or anything like that. I tell everyone that I speak to that I've, I've been doing it, and I'm very honest about the fact that, hey, I'm really new, but the majority of people that see it, and I think it's what keeps driving me, is they go, wow, you've only been doing it for this long, and your stuff looks that good. Yeah. Like, that's awesome. Um, so, I don't know. Maybe the confidence has done me wonders. Like, do you think it's because of the, like, the information? There's so much information out there that's helped you develop so quickly? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, probably when you started in 2018, I don't know what it was like, but I doubt it was <laughs> as busy as it is now. Like, you look up, look up how to make leather wallet on YouTube, and I guarantee you, you'll have 
50 hits and the first three pages will have millions of views mm. um, and they would have been posted a year ago. Yeah. You know? um, but there's so many people on there, mate, and like everything someone does, it's not necessarily an educational video, but if you watch it from the eyes of a student, you'll take a lot away from it. Yeah, yeah. Then mm-hmm. I switch to a mentality of like, well, okay, why is he doing certain things and how does he do that and what's the purpose of it? And that's how I started picking things up. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, definitely, I think there's a lot. There's a lot to be learned online right now, and everyone I've reached out to has been so friendly. I'm not like I'm not too scared to ask someone for help. I'm pretty. I don't know. Well, yeah, the, the the help that you can get from like, other leather workers is phenomenal. You know. Yeah, I think I, the first time I reached out to someone was I can't even remember who it was, and they had like forty thousand followers or something on Instagram, and I think they were from Europe. And I said, hey, how do you get your edges so glossy? And they were literally like, oh, this is how I do my sanding and this is the the product that I use for my edge work and, you know, it's, it's a lot of hard work but it pays off and as you practice, you get better. And I was like, cool, like, like thank you. That's awesome. That's mm-hmm. really helpful. And they replied like within a day. Yeah. There was no hesitation, which was, was so nice. And I've done a lot of different hobbies and had a lot of – experiences and i think this is probably one of the communities where no one's afraid to help someone else yeah you know yeah um, so it's, it's a weird like uh they're weird in like a good way because you're yeah i think you're usually taught like don't tell your secrets because someone will steal them and then they'll make you know they'll make you they'll steal your product whereas that's like the complete opposite with leather craft where it's like hey this is my pattern of mate how i make my wallet buy it <laughs> yeah literally you know. I think as I think as well, like to be scared of competition is stupid. Mm-hmm. Like you, you should want to do better because other people are on your heels. If not, you're just getting complacent. And why would you want to buy a product that's the same, stayed the same for ten years? You know, unless there's something really good about it that no one can replicate. You know, if you're buying for design and the design work hasn't changed in ten years, you know, well, I'm going to go to the competitor that's that's working harder than you mm-hmm. to to produce a well-designed product like mm-hmm. that's just where i'm gonna go yeah um, and if you aren't willing to accept that and change and grow and you know come up with a new design then maybe you're in it for the wrong reasons mm-hmm. yeah and that's just my opinion like obviously everyone else will have their own opinion but that's the way i look at it yeah i work in quite a cutthroat industry in my in my you know professional in my personal life outside of this and it's sort of like if you aren't the best someone will just take your spot um so you're constantly having to prove yourself and fight and learn and grow and develop, but the people there are willing to give each other their their knowledge. Mm-hmm. So I think it's, it's the same here. It's the same with the community, the leather yeah. community. Yeah. So what's the leather that you use? I know you've spoken about butter and pleb, 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 Pueblo. 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 Pueblo, to be honest. Um, I love the colors, but as far as the way it, it works, Maya is my pref- preference if I'm going to go down that path, and they're like for like. like Maya is Conceria Il Ponte's version of um, Pueblo, essentially. Okay. I don't know who came up with it first. Please don't hate me, Tanneries. Um, but they're, they're very similar in, in feel in the way they patina, in the way they work, in the way they skive and bevel and all those things. They're very, very, very similar, if not the same. Um, I just prefer to work with Maya, I think, 
Pueblo is a little bit more flimsy for me. Okay. Uh, it might just be might just be the pieces that I've gotten, to be honest. Um, I work a lot with um, Dakota. There's another really nice leather that I work with, a glossy finish like a Batero. Um, I like that a fair bit. I like um, waxy leathers, but I haven't had the chance to work with a lot of them. Um, the main one I've worked with has been uh, Conserre Il Ponti again, their Ponti wax, which I love. Like, personally, for me, is probably one of my favorite leathers. Mm-hmm. Um, I've worked a little bit with Wicked and Craig, and I don't really have a stance on them right now. I kind of want people to order some more things so I can build some more stuff with it. Um, and then I've worked with Shell. And that's pretty much it. Yeah. So where do you, where do you get all this? Le- is that from Rocky Mountain? Because I've never watched, I've never heard I've never used Dakota before. So that's mm. Rocky Mountain's the first. Dakota. This is the first order I've done from Rocky Mountain, and I actually went to them for Chevrolet um, for an order I got. But I use predominantly I actually use Riley, um, and I use Coastal. So I use I use Passage Supply and coastal leather supply because a i think it's important to support australian businesses and i'd like to see them grow yeah. uh, and compete with the bigger australian tanneries because i think they're, they're doing something good um but i also use some european suppliers as well um like belts production um tatra leather i may i've shopped around i've gone pretty much everywhere at this point yeah no it's like if <laughs> If you had a plane, all the countries you would have visited. Oh, I literally think I probably would have covered the world. I've even bought stuff from Asia. Um, yeah. Which, you know, is pretty much the same stuff you get from Europe. But I'm like, oh, but they've got different colors, so I'm going to buy from them. Okay. I think one day I actually didn't order from three different continents. I ordered from Europe, Asia, and America in the same day. It's going to. Yeah, because, like, that's the thing. That's what I. Because I came. Uh, my expertise before I saw Coastal and Passage, um, it was like bridal leather, like Wicked and Craig, Kangaroo, and sort of that was about it. And then when I saw like their leather, I was like, what is this like? What is this stuff like? I never... This is crazy. Yeah, it's, it's like, what's, how do you pronounce such and such? Um, well, I've just come up with my own pronunciations for everything. Okay, wow, so Maya Bellies. Okay. Yeah, so so Maya, I've worked with Maya Bellies as well, actually, um, and the only major difference I found has been the uh, scratches, like the skin scratches. Mm-hmm. Um, but even that, like, it's so cheap, and you can just cut around it if you want to prototype with it or make something for yourself or a mate or something. It's the cheaper way to go. Yeah. Um, and the quality feels like it upholds. Actually, I think I have a mate that has a Maya belly version of the Bushman. The Bushman's made in Maya. Um, and I think he's got a Maya belly that's that's held up quite well. I mean, it hasn't been that long, but it looks good. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so what's uh, Dakota? What's, so what's that like? So Dakota is a little bit like um, a Batero. Um, the first time I saw that was actually on Coastal. Yeah. Yeah, sold, got, sold out at the moment. Yeah, and I think I got like a half hide of it just because there was no Batero in the colour I wanted. And I got told by 
someone in some forum somewhere that it was pretty similar and to give it a go and it's it's not too dissimilar it's pretty close um but it's definitely its own thing that the finish you get on the top is a little bit less shiny but it's very um how would i describe it it's very smooth mm-hmm. the finish is very smooth i actually got a it was quiet don't show anyone we're about to I'm about to release some valet trays, but that's a valet tray made out of um, Dakota. Yeah, that was, that was a nice picture you posted with that. Yeah. Um, oh, thank you. I appreciate that. So that's, well, there you go. That's Dakota in their whiskey, and then that's Batero in their whiskey. So I don't okay, know how so much you can the... see, but they're pretty similar. You can see the Batero has a bit more of a shine, whereas the Dakota is a little bit more matte. Yeah, it sort of has that English look to it. Yeah, and um, I mean, it's nice. I like it. it smells good. So, so where'd you I'll get probably... where'd you get that from then? The Dakota. Yeah. From Coastal. Oh well, they sold out though. Oh, yeah, yeah, I bought their last half oh, line, yeah. I believe. Still... <laughs> stole it. You stole it. <laughs> well, I paid for it. So. Well, yeah. <laughs> I stole it from all us other ones in the craft. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure Rob was cheering when that left his workshop. Okay, wow. Yeah, because, like, that's so handy, because, like, it's, like, um, to, to like, know the, yeah, to the different types, because... Yeah, um, you can get it from Belts Production. I think they, I'm fairly certain they stock it as well, but I haven't gone looking for it again since I bought it initially. I do like it, but um, it hasn't been ordered. I, I buy a lot of my stuff to order, um, and it just hasn't been ordered, so I've just been playing around with what I have left. Oh, it's amazing, like, when you buy, like... Leather, like butter or something like that from Australia because it's like wow it's so much it just feels so different to buying in Australia as opposed to buying overseas because I don't know it's not that stress of having to wait for it to come all the way over here whereas like it's, you can just buy express postage and it's just you get it in two days yeah so uh, yeah for sure have you used kangaroo before? you know what's hilarious I haven't, no. and one of the things I said when I was like, oh, I'm going to get into this leather thing, and it's going to be all Aussie. I'm going to use Aussie brew leather, and I got a scrap of it out of the scrap bin at the leather place that I went to, and I just didn't like it. Yeah. <laughs> like, to be honest with you, I don't know if it's because it was scrap or not, but I didn't like the way it felt. I didn't like the way it worked. I tried skiving an edge off it maybe three months into having learned how to skive, so at the start of this year, probably, um, and... It first thing had just sharpened my blade. It was going to be perfect, and I ripped the whole edge off it. Um, and look, it might have been because it was already thin. It was already 0.8 mil, but I skived 0.8 mil pecos, and that was fine. So I don't really know yeah. what happened there. I don't think I'll, I'm in a rush to use it again, but I've heard it's hardy. I've heard it's great, um, and I would like to eventually, if I do sort of go down more of a business road, probably do a line of kangaroo stuff. Um but for now, I'm just trying to work, like, consistency is the thing for me. So, yeah, I've tried a bunch of different types of leather, but they're all Italian veg tan, so. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, my yeah. voice. Yeah, I, um, I've ordered some, uh, well, I, I originally learned on kangaroo, and because okay. it has, like, a, it has a, like, interesting texture as it, like, it doesn't have that smooth texture like a butter row would. It has, right. The, the grain's sort of a bit different, but it's a, um. Yeah, it is a bit. Yeah, so it really depends. I guess like it's it 
I know with like Martin, he loves it, and like in my last podcast, he yeah he he loves using it. Um, yeah, it's, it's well, I mean, the, I, as I said, I didn't like the tarot when I first picked it up. Yeah, but the more I've used it, the more I've started to like it, and so I'm really hoping that Rue will be the same for me. As I said, I've got a I've got a piece of scrap that was maybe half a square foot, um, and I made a wrap wallet with it, and I didn't love it, but it yeah. wasn't bad. Yeah. Yeah, so what's, what's your quarter fan like to use? Glorious. Because like, I've wanted to get some, but it's like, oh, do I really want to spend that amount of money. I think you should, man. I panicked the first time I bought it, and I think, again, Coastal was the first place I bought it, and I bought a panel. Um, and I bought a panel with no intention of what I was going to do with it. I kind of just wanted to own shell cordovan like the, i just wanted to feel it like it looked so beautiful and everything that i'd seen people make online was just yeah gorgeous and i thought far out i want to i want to produce something that makes me like makes other people feel the way i do when i'm looking at this and this was before i even really got into it mm-hmm. like i sort of hadn't i hadn't even bought my tools the first time i thought about buying shell yeah um and i think yeah i bought a panel and i was like, oh, I'm just going to make myself a, a keychain. Like, I'm going to cut a tiny strip off this and make myself a keychain. And I didn't realize I'd shot myself in the foot because the panel is not big, uh, so I couldn't really do a lot with it after that. Yeah, it's um, 25 by 12 centimeters. Yeah, yeah, that's a panel, so it's not huge. Yeah, um, it's workable. Like, you could make a product out of it, but um, probably minimalist wallet. Yeah, yeah, um, but yeah, and then I moved on to. I think I then bought uh, a scrap from a, a um, not a scrap, like a, an off-cut. It was like a third of a panel, or, uh, sorry, a third of a shell from a district leather supply. Did a, uh, they do like auctions, um, not auctions, like a raffle, but it's like a set price and they do it on Instagram Live. And you jump on and you if you comment the, the article number first, you get it for the price that they're selling, which is discounted and all this sort of stuff. And so I got a bit of a, a panel there, um, which finally came after getting lost and eventually got it three and a half weeks after the due date and was so excited to use it. I just cut into it and started messing around with it. And, and I made uh, a little card wallet for a friend of mine. I gave it to him, and he loved it. Um, and then someone else said, well, I want to work. I want a wallet with the same thing. And I thought, okay, well, now it's probably time to buy a, a, a shell. Um, and he actually ordered more than one wallet off me. He's ordered it for a bridal party. So I've got to make five shell quarterman wallets with this whole shell now, which is pretty cool. So how, how big is the shell? Is it? It's pretty big. I'll show you. Oh, oh wow! Wow, that's that's so beautiful. That how shiny it is. Yeah. When are you going to release this this podcast? Maybe I'll let you say the color of it. <laughs> huh? When do you plan on releasing the podcast? Maybe I'll let you say the color of the shell. Oh, uh, I don't know because I'm going to edit one more. <laughs> I'm going to edit ah, one before. So while so it's this it's this beautiful purple. Um, wow, and that's it's nice. Different colors depending on how the light hits it. I I'm in love with it. I think it's beautiful, um, and it's just—it feels amazing. It smells so good. Where'd you it's get it so, from? And what tannery uh, is it on the bottom? This one I got from. I get this one from. I think I got this one from Belts Production, um, 
and it's Marion is the tannery. I believe mm. how it's pronounced. Marion. Wow. Um, and it's not their marbled. It's just their plain color shell cord of it. And it's this beautiful purple. Um, and then I've got this other one from Ricardo as well, which which is a marbled yeah. purpley brown, which, um, yeah, again, got him a cheapened giveaway raffle-y thingy-majig that um, Coastal did. So... Couple of things. How, how how does it? So how thick is it? It's like what, usually they're one point five millimeters to two mil. Usually. Yeah, I think I think my Marion one's probably one point four, um, and then the Ricardo one's maybe one point six to okay. one point eight, maybe one point six. How do, how old is it? Skive. I've never skived it. Okay. <laughs> I I have not tried. I cannot tell you. I'm sorry. Um, I make wrap wallets with it where I don't need to skive. Yeah. Um, or I make it where, where I have used it for pockets. I've made the piece that it's going on to thinner to compensate for the thickness of the shell. Okay. What do you mean? <laughs> so um, if I've got an, I don't have it anymore. I've sold it. But um, if you have like a panel of leather and let's say I'm going to make like a, a, a bifold, right? Um, let me get a bifold to try and explain a bit more visually. So, like, if I was going to make this shell, this pocket down here shell, and this is, like, the exterior of this wallet, right, I would skive the exterior panel down on mm -hmm. the sides and leave the shell thick. So, at least when it sits down, it's a little bit thinner down here, but I've actually skived the exterior, not the pocket. Um, whereas on this one, you can clearly see, because I did a terrible edge job on this, that the exterior is its normal thickness and then the pockets are skived i wouldn't i wouldn't do that if i was going to put shell on but that's just because i haven't worked with it a lot and i don't really want to make too many shell products i love leather i love most italian veg tans i love like i see the beauty in in almost every product that i've made or, or used and i think to constantly use shell which is this rarity of a leather kind of takes away from it a little bit so is, is it easy to glue? Because it's quite glossy. Do you have to like rough up that surface? To... Yeah, just rough up the edge. Okay. And I just use a blade for that. I just use a disposable blade and yeah. it does the job just fine. Oh, i got to ask you on skiving on your, as, as your limited knowledge, but are you meant to skive every piece of leather that you have or are you meant to just to skive um, just the pockets on top? The... I think it depends. It depends on what you're making and how thick you want it to be. Because I made, I was making a bifold, a billfold. Just as a pro, I've I've made this billfold before, but I was just I made like made another one just and I skived every piece to see what it looked like. Yeah. But what I found though is when because you know how it's sort of like a when you skive it's that. Yeah. And when you have yeah, all like those, when you have all those pieces like that, and then when you have the piece on top which is like that when you glue it together instead of having like a, an edge that fit is that it goes like that yeah it's not perpendicular anymore you don't have a flat edge it comes to a point yeah. it's like an egg tip of the belt yeah yeah and to to, to put your your pricking irons through it it's weird because because it's like on an angle now it doesn't go through straight anymore yeah and it's like yeah. do you, should you skive every piece 
Or should you describe like a couple pieces? My personal opinion is no, but I also keep my designs and my builds quite minimal. Like I'm yeah. not putting I'm not putting seven pieces of leather together. Yeah. So I'm not going to have something that comes out at 10.2 mil. Like I'm never going to have anything over four or five mil. Um, and even then, like I really just skive the pocket down if I think it looks bulky when I yeah. hold the two pieces together. Like I don't, I don't, I don't think about it too much to tell you the truth. I um, I try and make designs that are simple enough for me to put together based on my skills. Um, and every now and then I'll test myself with something a little bit more challenging mm-hmm. and a little bit more out there. And like I released a thing called the Billy Lid, which was a simple three three pocket card when you holder. Come up with these names. I don't know. I just think of random. The, the Galar. Well, the Galar was just because it looked a little bit like a Galar. Yeah, People call like me a Galar because I'm cheeky and silly and stuff. But um. I, yeah, the Billy Lid, I don't know, it was like the smallest wallet I've made, and I was like, oh, it's like a kid's wallet, and then just thought of the word term Billy Lid for international lis- listeners, it's kind of an Australian slang term for a kid, like, you refer to your kids as the Billy Lids, and um, I just called it the Billy Lid, but anyway, my point being that I, I, it was the first time I had a continuous stitch line all the way around the entire square, and it's only one card slot, but for me, that was so challenging to punch those holes in and make them perfect that I literally, I'm not joking, I spent a whole day on it, like six hours trying to get it right. Mm-hmm. Just cutting piece after piece after piece and and making sure that the, the, um, the dimensions were right and that my line was far enough from the edge but not so far that the card would stick out over the next stitch line up the top of the pocket and all these sorts of things and then punching the holes and going, nut the corner up, get the next piece out, cut it out, do it again. Now, okay, I'll align this corner this way and, you know, maybe my prongs aren't wide enough. No, that's stupid. I just need to lay this out better and I constantly played with it over and over again. So I'm constantly doing little things like that to try and test myself. Even this ballet tray has been a test for me because I'm too impatient. Um, but it's actually turned out a lot simpler than I was making it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're, they're they're quite nice, the little valet trays. Yeah, they're not they're not a bad product either. Like I, I'm always looking for somewhere to throw my stuff and keep it together. So I actually just originally made it to put on my bedside, um, just because I'd seen someone else do it, and then I actually had a load of fun. And I showed a mate, and he goes, "Oh, you make me one?" I thought, okay, here we go. Here's another product that I'll, I'll post about and make a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah they're, they're quite interesting little pieces, like especially like coasters and all that, you know, little key rings and coasters and... Yeah, I've loved leather coasters for ages. I'm a big whiskey drinker and um, <laughs> I um, I say that like I'm an alcoholic. I just really enjoy whiskey as a, as a drink and I'll have one and be fine. I'm not an alcoholic. Please don't worry about me. Um, but I, yeah, I went to a, a whiskey bar in maybe Brisbane, I don't quite remember, to be honest, when I was like 19 or 20, and I just remember them having leather coasters. And then the next time I went and saw my grandparents, they also had leather coasters, and I was like, I've never thought of leather being a coaster before. Uh And when I started doing this whole leather thing, it was just one of those things that came back to mind was leather coasters, and I thought, I just want to do them. I just want to make them. I don't care. They can be simple. I don't need them to be complex. I just want to make them for me, and if people like them, cool, they can have them too. Yeah. Yeah. But like you said, like I like I like whiskey. Like can use a coaster for a nice cup of coffee. I mm-hmm. like coffee as well. Um, valet track and dump my things in there and spruce up my apartment a little bit, make it look a little bit nicer upon entry. Other people can put their keys in there when they come along and it's a talking point and like little things like that and 
Yeah. You know, my my belt has become a talking point. Every time someone sees it, they go, I don't know if it's black or if it's brown. It's like, okay, well, it was brown, but it's patinaed, so it's black in some points. And we start talking about it, and that's the kind of the thing that I like and I want to keep recreating. Yeah, yeah. Rewind a little bit. So can you use shell quarter van to line things, or is it too thick? And will it bend on cracking if it's lined? Or is it more of an exterior piece as opposed to a... It's it's pretty good at cracking if you try and give it a tight bend. Yeah. Um, so I probably wouldn't be... I mean, I wouldn't be using anything... Like, I wouldn't be lining anything with shell. I'd be using maybe, like, a sully or something. Um, but, yeah, it's pretty thick. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the main... It's, it's the star of the show. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Because, like, could you, could you do a shell and then line it with kangaroo? Like, I don't know. That feels like it would look weird. You could do whatever you want. I, I think know you, I know you could it, do right? it. Like, what would it look like? Mate, put it together, and I'll give you my honest feedback of it. I, I don't know, and it's hard for me to picture it in my brain. Yeah. Um, it's not something that I've thought of. My, my, I can't tell you where my ideas come from. Like, they're literally – I'll just – I'll buy 17 different – square foot panels just to see what looks good together mm-hmm. and then completely come up with a new design based on that like i made a wallet that's the feature wallet on my um website that i don't have a template for that i made once and i have people keep asking me for it. and i'm like i feel bad because i can't remake it like i sort of just got a bunch of leathers and threw it together because i liked how they looked and now it's my wallet yeah okay fair enough yeah i'm just trying to think how it would Cause I, okay. I'm sure you could yeah. like do it, get some shell and and line it with kangaroo and see how it goes. What would you make? What would you make out of shell? Me? Uh, I don't yeah. know. Probably a wallet. I don't know. Yeah, do it. See, see, I'm not as um brave in that regard. Like you're just like, yeah, I buy like ten thousand pieces of panels and just throw them all together. <laughs> not ten thousand. I'm not going crazy. I um just buy like I think... a, a crate for. So like, what, I don't do, know, you just, do you just buy one, like, a square foot? Is that what you mean by a panel? If I have no idea what the leather's going to be like, yeah, I'll just buy a square foot of it. But normally I'm buying three square feet as a minimum. Okay. I mean, I'm not I'm not mass producing anything. I don't need whole hides, you know. I don't need massive amounts. If you saw the leather stash that's sitting under this table right now, you'd probably cry at how many times I've bought three square feet of something and used 40 centimetres of it, like... Well, actually, like, that's the one thing that I like about leather, buying leather now. Like, I'm not sure if it was a big thing back in 2018, but the amount of times where I've had to buy a full hide of kangaroo hide or something like mm. that, and it's just, you know, so much money, like, I don't know, I guess it's not so much money, but nowadays, I'm not sure if it was back then, but, you know, now you just go online and you can just buy a square foot, and that's yeah. it. Like you don't yeah. have to buy the full side of leather. Yeah, I think I think you sp- you touched on this on another podcast of yours, and I really like it hit home because for me, being someone that had no idea what I was doing when I started, and I walked into that leather place, Birdsall, and like yes, they could cut things to the square foot, but when I was reading the prices before I spoke to anyone, and I'm like six hundred dollars, I got to spend six hundred dollars on leather. Like, what do you mean? And like, I had no, I had no idea how big a cow hide was until I'd actually seen it in person. I mean, massive. It took me a year to get through that. And then she goes, yeah, you know, we can cut it for you. I thought, oh, cool, awesome. Yeah, let's cut it down. Um, and then 
yeah, sort of just looking online for leather suppliers because for me to get there is like an hour and 45-minute drive. Like, it's not close. Um, and so I thought, well, can, can someone just send it to my door? Uh, um, and so looking online, and I think I actually found the first place I found was on Instagram, uh, and it was, I don't remember, but it was in uh, either Hong Kong or Malaysia or somewhere similar, and I then hit like the little arrow down to see the recommended pages to follow. And the next one I found was an American one was district lover supply. And then I sort of just kept finding ones from there. Yeah. Yeah. That's phone tracking right there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I got recommended, um, passage leather supply, like maybe three or four leather suppliers later. It was like, yeah. Instagram was like, yeah, cool. This guy's definitely going to buy something if we give him close to home. And sure enough, yeah. I jumped on passage. And I think within 40 minutes I had a cart full of, $300 worth of product that got to me two days later. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah. Oh, I was going to say, actually, yeah, I might ask you this. So, yeah, what's your opinion of my podcast so far? Because I can't see comments of people, because it's not like a YouTube where, well, I have, I have some of them on YouTube, but... Yeah. Um, how, how did you come across it and how have you found the episodes? I, I just want to hear a good little... How I'd like did to hear I come... I came across your podcast, I think, on someone else's story, and they were like, hey, I'm doing this podcast, and I was like, there's a leather podcast, and I jumped on Spotify and had a listen, and I can't actually remember who it was, but that's that's how I found it, it was someone else I followed. Was it Andrew said, Aaron? It might have been, because he's... Oh, I think it was even before then. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd like to hear... Uh... Who was it? I don't remember. Um, it might have been Aaron. Oh. It was like it was like your fourth, maybe. Uh, Chuck Chuck Dorset from Weaver Leather Supplies. From Weaver, yeah, maybe maybe it was him. I don't I don't remember, mate. To be honest, someone posted about it, and I remember listening to the first one and going, "Wow, I got insight." And I was like, "This is the first time where." And I listen to podcasts all the time, and I, I think it actually it might have been if I listened to the. Chuck Dorsett one first. It was Aaron's that I took something away from, mm-hmm. um, in the sense that he was talking about. What was he talking about? And he was talking about his belt thickness. And at the time, I really wanted to make a belt. Um, and both of you were sort of like, "Oh wow, five mil thick's a bit thick for a belt." Like that's when it starts getting chunky. And I was like, "Okay, under five mil, keep it between three and a half and five. Like, and I, I remembered something, you know, it's stuck in my brain. And um, yeah, Instagram is the short answer to that question. I okay. watched someone's story and they said that they were about to be on a podcast. And you know, not long after, I think I started following you, and then not long after, you either followed me or the leather grinders thing started and then all of a sudden we were talking to each other and here we are now yeah okay have you found the episodes i love them man i'd like and i obviously they're they're probably more so targeted towards leather crafters and people that are in the the community but i think if if you're in it and you listen to this and you don't enjoy it there's something wrong with you yeah no thanks for that That's like, pretty... of course mate you ask the right questions and and i think i'd get like i said everyone that i've listened to i've taken something away from martin's podcast like, like eight minutes in eight minutes in we were like there's enough in that first eight minutes to like but i've listened to it twice already and i'm gonna to have to go back again i have literal notes somewhere on it here they are and mate, like I said, I was listening to Martin's podcast with you and Martin, and I went away, and I went. There's a lot in there I missed, so I went back and started listening and writing notes again. And you know, I've got notes down here. Like this is literally 
the Martin no, podcast. That's, that's awesome, man. Because like... note taking, like, what did he say? Um, order soul in denim. Hang it thirty strops aside, but be gentle. Like, you know what I mean? Like a written down notes. Yeah. Like this, he said something that hit home to me as well. Like, don't ever be comfortable constantly looking back and improving. Like little things like that, and obviously other things. Don't split or sky bridal leather too thin. Get a two mil at most. Like I'm, I'm taking, I'm yeah. trying to learn as much as I can. I've got so, yeah. so little knowledge compared to guys like Martin and other people. And even he, you know, very humbly says, "Yeah, but I've only been doing this for three years." And like, like you said, I've only been doing this myself for seven or eight months, and I've already learned so much. So for someone that's been doing it for three years, I'm like, you're just this wealth of knowledge for me. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. no, he's only had his business for three years. Oh, that makes a lot more sense. Yeah, so he started 2012. Right. Yeah. Far out. Yeah, I know. But no, that's you know awesome I mean? because, like, like um, yeah, it, it's good because, like, it, like, how I came up with the podcast, I was, I just wanted to hear the stories of other leather workers, and there was, like, through, I remember, Little, Little King Goods, he did a video, I remember it was, like, Christmas Eve. Hmm. I was like listening to this he did this video about how he almost quit and how he like went into this huge detail of his story and I was like wow like it'd be cool to be able to hear be able to hear other stories of other leather workers and that's sort of how it started and yeah and I'm pretty sure that something I said to you as well was mate why do you want to talk to me I'm not going to add any value to anyone but the more I thought about it the more I was like it's more just about a story and if yeah. my story, if, if someone that's not a leather crafter listens to this and goes, wow, he's actually learned a fair bit in a small amount of time and I'm really concerned about how much time I'm going to have to invest into this and it's the thing that makes them jump into it, then awesome. I'll be mm. stoked. Or if another leather crafter listens to this and goes, oh, I had no idea that that's where Mitch was sitting and you know how he learned what he learned and where he's at and that's really cool and, and I love that. I now want to share my story. Then that's also amazing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Same with me, because when I when I before I start the podcast, to know as much as I can about the person, like and tailor the questions right. to the person. And mm. sometimes it's oh man, like are these questions too repetitive, you know. But sort of similar to what you said is there's more to it's like there's more to just the leather craft side of it. Like that's just one part of someone. There's yeah, it's the person behind the leather craft <laughs> yeah yeah and, well, like and that's sort of what yeah. i was and that's sort of what i when i was scrolling through instagram and you see to see beautiful work after beautiful work after and it's like well, who like who are these people making this work and it adds that personability layer mm-hmm. that you don't get you don't get it on instagram um like this is us having a conversation and i've, I've always felt when i listen to podcasts that i'm sort of just silently sitting in a room listening to two people talk like it's like i'm there yeah. Um, and I think, yeah, you get to know someone a little bit more as well. Mm. Oh, that's so true. With YouTube, you can you only see that clip, that 10-minute clip or 20-minute yeah. clip. Whereas, like, with a podcast, you have as much time to ask. You Literally. Know, I've listened question. to podcasts that are, like, four hours long. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? And, and that's the thing. That's the beauty of it. You get two people on here, and it's the three of you talking. You're going to need a new SD card just to do the recording. But then I... Yeah, I'm I just... Sorry, go on. Oh, I was just going to say, I've just made a minimalist wallet as well, and I actually don't like the way the stitching looks. I did it because I thought it would look awesome. 
and then I've done it. I'm like, I'm not a massive fan. And then the more people I showed, the more positive feedback I get about it. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, no, I really, I really like that. Yeah, like I've got, so this is it where it's got this stitch line down the bottom here. Mm -hmm. And it's got this other random one up the top, which I don't like this. Nothing's but it kind of cool. holds this in place. I think it's cool. I Real like nice. It. See, you see what I mean? Thank you. But like everyone I show is like, yeah, I really like it. And every time I look at it, I'm like, I don't know. Could be better. But I don't know. I don't know what else what else to do with it. But I've had enough people want them from me now. So yeah, let's see. It's nice. So like, cause I've never made a wallet like that. Like where pieces are folded over and you've stitched them together. Like, I've Mate, just... this is one piece. This is literally just one piece that wraps all the way around and comes out here. I mean, I don't even know how I came up with it. I based it off another design um, that I had in my head for ages and I thought it was going to come out amazing and it just never did. Mm -hmm. The one that I've been prototyping since I've pretty much started. And um, one day I just simplified it. I just cut it down. I cut out a piece of cereal box and um, made it simpler and it sort of actually turned out. Mm -hmm. quite well it does exactly what i wanted it to do and it looks half decent so i'm happy with it yeah oh, that's yeah. cool because like, i've always been the person where i've like stuff like this which is like the pocket and mm. like the only access point you got is like the top ones so i've never been the wraparound type of person but that one looks nice though thanks you man. see me come out with like <laughs> no. your next new new designs oh, are what i came up with <laughs> Someone actually asked me today for, for the um, approval to start messing around with the Bushmen and make it their own thing because that's kind of a wrap too. Like, that's just two pieces of leather that I've folded around. Like, oh, that's, cool. that's it. Stitched here and then down here. And then, like, this one actually messed up. I've got this edge that I accidentally punched. It's meant to be straight. Um, if I had another one that I'd made, I'd show you. But like simple, right? Like that's kind of what I'm after in the majority of my designs is it to be easy, but also recognizably my style. What, uh, what edge bevels do you use? I have two. I have a Polisanto. Yeah. What's that like? Mate, bevels like butter. Um, I bought a zero and then I've got this one. I don't actually know what brand it is. I feel like it's a Wooter. Um, and I got it from either Coastal or Passage, but it also does a great job. The only reason I got a Polisanso was because I wanted a zero, and these didn't come in a zero. So. Yeah. yeah what, okay, oh, yeah, because I use a zero. I use a Weaver one, but I find, because yeah. it's a quite like a square shape, the bottom part. But what right. I find is that when you get too thin leather, it will like hit the marble stone and not the leather mm. does like the mm. polisanto like within leather does that hit the leather still or does it hit the stone so the thinnest i've beveled is 0.8 mil wow. um and a lesson i learned pretty early on is if you're going to bevel an edge bevel it before you skive it because you can't skive next to nothing oh, you can't bevel sorry next to nothing so if you unless you've glued it onto something else, but even then you're really just beveling what's below it. So if you want it beveled, bevel it before you skive it. Um, at least for me, that's what works. You could just use sandpaper. Yeah, use sandpaper to, to bevel the edge as well. But what I do as well is I have this cutting mat, which is, like you know, a few mil up off the table. 
and I push the leather to the very edge of that and then bevel along it so my beveler actually drops off my cutting mat. Yeah, that's that's what I do with the weaver one, but I find that because I crease the corner, like I crease it and once the, when the leather's folded over, it will imprint the crease. Right. Right, so I get you. That's why I, I like to get a Palo Santo one where the, you see the, like it goes like this, like to the leather. Yeah, it's like um. It's but it doesn't have any. It doesn't have any like extra metal like on the sides. It's also angled like this. Yeah, it's like which a... lets you sort of like if this is your piece of leather, you just get to push it, but your hand stays up off yeah. the table. Whereas my other one, I'm sort of flat down with it and trying to fight against yeah. other bits and pieces I have lying around my bench. So yeah, it's a bit challenging sometimes. But like the weaver ones, like if you make if I'm making a belt with it, like it will just be like beautiful like it's sky like it bevels amazing it's just like I mean, on that on that thin stuff it's yeah it's just hard if it to... works it works i've got one i've got a number three which is unbranded from this local leather store of mine that i use for my dog collars mm-hmm. and it's massive and it's chunky but it does a great job so i'm just going to keep using it i don't think you need to and i'm not trying to bash the brand names or anything but if you want to get it it looks great for an instagram photo but you don't need it if something else works keep using what works mm-hmm. um i actually i found i i remember i learned this tip what you can i remember you can there's actually a way you can make a three or one so do you know when you bevel it like when you normal bevel if you rotate it like if you rotate it you can actually mm-hmm. like cut less so you can actually like make it so I remember I had like a I three. Get what before, I, before I even got like my zero, I had a three, and I remember I learnt like I got taught. You know, if you just put it on an angle, you can take the sides off. See what I mean? Like you don't need all these different sizes. Yeah. I mean, I, I needed a three because I started with a one. Um, I started with a one. I liked a one, but then I sort of just wanted to work with a zero for some finer edge work. Um, yeah, that's why I like the zeros because it sort of just takes off that little piece. Yeah, and so I, I got the zero, and then I made a mate a dog collar as kind of a just a thing to do and a different project to do on the weekend before I was really selling anything. And he said I like it, but the edges are a little bit sharp. Mm-hmm. And I thought, okay, well, I'm just going to get a bigger edge beveler. And I went to the local leather shop and I said, what's the biggest size you've got? And they're like, got a three. I was like, yeah, just give me that and took the same one back home and beveled the edge back off it again and did all my edge work. And he's like, yep, happy with that. That works great. Thank you. Because I made my sister a dog lead. And because and I used the one on the dog lead and she says, oh, like the, the handle's too sharp. Maybe if I just put mm. a three on it. That yeah, might... It depends how thick the leather is too. Because uh, like you were talking about that egg point before, you don't want it to come to too much of a point. Like you still want there to be a bit of gap on your edges. So for me, I was using five mil thick and a three was really good for that Um, but i think when i looked at it if i'd done like a four mil or even a three and a half mil it probably wouldn't have been thick enough Mm -hmm. it would have come to a really sharp point again it would have just done the opposite of what i needed it to do yeah but yeah Hmm. that's fair enough Mm. so what items would you like to make in the future what would I not like to make? I want to sort oh, no. of make everything. Yeah, same. It's like briefcases, duffel bags, um, satchels. Yeah, I think I, w- I would love to start making bags. Yeah, um, I'm starting to simple, 
simple, simple bags, maybe not a tote bag. Like I'm talking like a shoulder bag or, or something. I've actually, I'm trying to work out something with a guy right now who is a repeat customer and he, he has to carry EpiPens because he's incredibly allergic to a lot of things. I've got an EpiPen. And, yeah, there you go. And he, he wants a bag that he, he carries around, he has to carry two on him at all times. So he's got a bag where he carries a few bits and bobs in there and he wants me to design something for him and we're sort of just going backwards and forwards. But I don't feel super confident right now in my ability to produce that kind of product. Yeah. Um, but I'd love to be able to service that for him. And I think I even threw it on a Discord and said, does anyone else want to do it? And I told him I'd done that. And he goes, no, 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 I want to wait for you to, to be ready, which was really nice uh, wow. from him. But it's kind of more motivation for me to get there faster as well. So I'm now playing around with a bunch of different designs and trying to make them work on paper and cardboard first and then eventually I'll I'll do that. So bags, smaller bags, like nothing crazy, maybe a handbag at some point. Um, I'd love to do aprons. Um, Dude, like I, um, yeah, I want to make an apron. Yeah, and not necessarily a full leather apron. Like I'd love to work with waxed canvas um, and stuff like that. Where do you find these people that are like coming back to you? This bloke, the first thing he ordered was just a keychain. Um, yeah. and it came out of nowhere and then he was sort of like, oh, now my missus wants a keychain, and it sort of just, it's gone from there. Um, you get some Russian hatch leather. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I sold him a simple keychain, mate, like a key fob really. Um, and he likes it, so I'm happy with it. And, um, but yeah, no, I don't know. People, I just let people message me to be honest. And mm-hmm. people have asked for some ridiculous things and I've just straight up said no. Um, someone who lived quite close to me actually asked for a, a a knife sheath that he could wear on his belt to work, and I said, "What do you do for work?" And he's like, "Oh, I work in a like a factory, like a pick and pack factory." And I was like, "Oh, so like a Stanley knife?" And he's like, "No, no, no, check out this knife." And he's like, "Got this Bowie knife, pretty much that he wants to start taking to work." And I was like, "I'm not. I don't even want to. Even if I could make a knife sheath, I don't want to." Be the reason you take a Bowie knife to work. Um, he goes, no, no, it's legal, it's legal. I said, no, it's not. Um, but yeah, I sent I sent another leathercrafter my my spot because he showed me his beautiful workshop, and I sent him a photo, and I jokingly did a panorama of my balcony into my like you can sort of see over here. This is my balcony out here. I've got a great view. I can see from Sydney CBD all the way to the Blue Mountains. But um, I did. I did this little joking panorama of my my workshop because he's got like two beautiful workbenches and like all these nice setup on his wall and mine's just like an outdoor entertainment table from IKEA with a pegboard stuck on the wall and like mate I don't even have an actual hammer like I've just got a hammer from Bunnings. Well, that's what you need, like uh, <laughs> makeshift. Like a... Yeah, mate, it works. That's the thing. Everyone's like, oh, look at my beautiful walnut handled mallet. And I'm like, yeah, cool, looks good, but my $6 hammer from Bunnings will last 400 years, and yours won't, so. It'll be like, it'll be unbiodegradable. Yeah, it'll, it'll outlive us. Um, yeah, so, uh, how do you look at mainstream leather items now that you're a leather crafter? I don't really anymore. No. Um, As if I, I go to like the shops, I go straight to the belt section. It's like, look at the belts. They're not even real leather. 
I'm disinterested now, I think. Um, even if I were to stop leather crafting, I think I'd constantly look for handmade leather goods. Yeah. Um, I don't I don't pay attention to the other stuff anymore because I just don't see the value in it now. Oh, no, man, it's shocking. Like, I'm sorry to take away from you the question, but, like, you go to, like, your your stores and you're like, man, these people are getting ripped off. Like... Yeah, man, my mate showed me his wallet that he bought not long ago and I felt really bad, but I was like, mate, you have thrown money away. Mm. Like, literally, you've thrown money down the drain. He paid, like, 180 bucks for some bifold wallet. Um, and it wasn't hatch with that. (laughs) (laughs) That's it, right? And it wasn't bad, but it wasn't actually. It was genuine leather, so it was split leather. Um, you know, and we had a talk about it, and and, I mean, for him, look, he's he doesn't he's not as fussed about it, but you know, I said to him, like, man, like, I would have just charged you. I would have just shot. Yeah, even if it was Italian veg tan, I could have made it for you for significantly less. And I would have just charged you the the um, materials because I want to learn at the time, especially. Mm. I just wanted to learn. And, you know, he kind of said, oh, now I feel bad. I said, I'm not trying to make you feel bad for the decision you've made. I just personally now don't see the value in those products anymore. Mm. It was lined. It was, my, it was predominantly fabric with a little bit of split leather on the back of it. Like, that's all it was. Yeah, I, I took apart a blindfold wallet and genuine leather and like literally it's like cardboard in it it's like all pretty much like nylon fabric yeah like the, it's the, not the pockets are like tops leather and the rest of it's just like the fabric it's just it's daylight robbery that they can call that oh, a leather wallet it's... and like that might just be my opinion now that Eight i'm more involved in the community that. but yeah <laughs> maybe if they hand stitch it they'd be a little bit more invested yeah but um yeah, I don't. I don't really pay attention to to everyday leather products anymore, uh, unless it's for like an idea for something. And I go, "Ooh, I never thought about making that out of leather." Mm. Like, that's about it. But I try and turn a blind eye and try and make my own things and yeah. support my mates that are in this community. Like, they're only people that I've known for a few months, but I'd rather buy their their stuff than yeah, than go and buy something from a shop. Yeah. It's probably pumped out in a factory. Yeah. So you want to do markets as well. You, you have yeah. to prepare to be grilled on your prices if you... I will take it. I'm a salesperson. I've worked in sales for the last nine years of my life. Yeah. So um, I don't... And I think another thing as well is a lot of people get... And go, oh, well, you know, well, why don't you see the value? Like, A, educate the customer. And if the customer's not going to buy it, then they're never the customer for you in the first place. Yeah. Like, some people are just never going to see the value in purchasing a handmade, hand-stitched, top-grain leather wallet. Because their argument is going to be, well, why can't I just go down to the shops and get one for half the price? They're just never going to see the difference. That's the thing. And you can't you can't change that person's mind no matter how much I'm not going to stand there and argue with people at a market and be like no you don't understand like there's no point flip your table up yeah there's no point can you see this come here look at this like what's the point of me arguing with someone that's just not going to get the message I'll I'll educate someone if someone's genuinely curious yeah I'll stand there and they can have all the time in the world but um, yeah no I'm keen to do markets I'd love to meet customers um, 
face to face and just talk to them and get to know them and let them ask me questions like this and, yeah. and engage with them a little bit more. That's what I do at my, my actual job. So I'd love to incorporate that here somehow too. Mm-hmm. No, and it's, it's great because you learn all the different, you see all the different other people doing their little hobbies as well, like their little yeah. crafts that people are into. It's quite fascinating. Like Yeah. So little things like markets might help other connections grow and develop and things as well. Yeah. And usually Australia has a, they're quite big on their little markets as well. Like people love going to markets and supporting. Yeah. You, the only thing is you need, you need like a product line. Like I see a, like compared to selling online, like you can just have like some photos and that's it. Like people just scroll through the photos. Whereas in a market, you have to actually have like the stock unless you want to do like made to order. But mm. Yeah, I don't know. I think, like, for me, I'll probably stick to more made-to-order stuff. Like, I'll make some things for the market, but it'll be more just to let people see what I offer. Yeah. Like, it's not... I'm not going to have masses of stock and sit there at the end of the day, like, selling it for half price because I want to get rid of it and don't take it home. Like, it'll just be more to connect with people. I'd, I'd honestly sit in an empty stall with an iPad with a portfolio on it and just try and take custom orders. Um, yeah. Well, said but I won't. I'll, I'll make things for people to see. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, and finally, where do you see your brand going? Where do I see my brand going? Well, when I started it in the first place, I think I didn't really have a name. I was sort of just piecing leather together. And someone, someone goes, what are you going to call it? And I was like, I don't know, my name's Mitch and I make goods. So I'm going to call it Mitch Made Goods. Um, and since the inception of that name, I've sort of thought more about, uh, like, if I'm going to make this a business, what am I going to call it? Because if I was a bloke trying to buy a handmade product of someone that I didn't know and their product name was Dave Made Goods, I probably wouldn't buy it for that reason. Billy Tin. Um, Sorry? What's that Billy? What's that wallet you make? The Billy Tin? The Billy Lid. Billy Lid. <laughs> the Billy Lid. The Billy Lid by Dave. Like, I'm not probably not going to purchase that. So my marketing brain is telling me a name change is probably next. Yeah. Um, and I've got something in mind. Whether or not I commit to it, I don't know. So I'm not trying to not say it on here to keep it secret. But I might stick with Mitch Made Goods at this point. I, I've got a few sales. I'm gaining some traction. People are interested in what I'm doing. And... I think maybe if I just talk more about myself and do a few markets and learn more and, and I'm, I'm open and transparent. I even thought about, toyed with the idea of doing a, a journey. Like I haven't seen anyone post anything about them starting from scratch and learning through this process. And if I knew I was going to commit to it, I probably would have done it a while ago. Um, but even now, pick up now from where I am and like a guy who's just barely learned, taught himself how to sky of like what's next for me and what other things can I pick up? Um, I think, yeah, I don't think I have a massive plan on, on the business. I want to keep learning myself. I want to start making different products. Bags are going to be the next big challenge for me. Um, and then keep these trinkety miscellaneous goods. Like at the moment I'm going to have got coasters out and yeah, cigar pouch and keychains are the only miscellaneous things I have and dog collars. Then I'll chuck valet trays in the mix and belts and, aprons and 
and handles for things and whatever else. Like I saw a bloke that had a really nice leather handle for his cast iron pan and he was a chef and I was like, oh, that's sick. Like I want to make something like that. Um, and it's nothing crazy or out there or anything, but it's just a unique, uniquely engineered piece of leather to stop him from burning himself on his pan. Like that's all it is. Um, and yeah, I just want to learn, learn how to make a bunch of different things and do different styles of stitching and, and so on. Yeah, you got like box stitching, you got all sorts. Yeah. yeah I, I want to make a valet tray. So if you, um, if, if you... I'll, um, I'll send you a, a trick after this. I'll send it to you on Instagram. What, um, are they rivets that you use on the side or are they Chicago screws? Yeah, they're riveted. Um, okay. I played with the idea of doing clips so you could dismantle it. Nah, you but, don't um, do that. It's literally just a double-capped rivet. That's all it is. Oh, okay. Oh, so it's not like the old, like the one where you slide the rivet on, smack it, ping, 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 ping. Nah. Oh, nice. Double-capped rivet, so it's got a male piece and a female piece, and I put the female piece in first on one side, oh, and then I put the male, male piece through. I squeeze it together as tight as it will go, and then I get a rivet set off, which looks like this... Um, which is literally, so you, for me, you is a dot you, anvil. You don't, you don't burnish any of the edges? Yeah, these are all burnished. Oh, so you, oh, yeah. okay. They're, they're, they're beveled and burnished, uh, but the backing, like, I've just left that raw. I actually really like how it looks and smells and feels, so I've just left it raw. Um, and because people, yeah, people love household items, so... And I do too. Like, I, I personally appreciate all of the items that I've made. Like, obviously, wallets are an easy thing to sit here and be like, oh, I love a good wallet. Everyone does. But I've got, and I can show you and probably will on my story at some point, post all of the wallets that I've ever owned and how destroyed they are. Because um, I love them. I love wallet design. It's something that I've always enjoyed. That'd be a nice little collection I could get. Everyone's minimalist wallets that I talk to. <laughs> I mean, that's what I'm doing. I'm trying to buy everyone's keychain. I've only got two other makers so far, but my goal is to have, like, a wall of people's keychains because we all seem to make them. Everyone's got a bit of scrap, and it's like, oh, yeah, just make a key fob or a keychain or whatever. Like, I'm tossing up whether to stitch it or to rivet it. So what thickness do you need the valet trays to be? Um, Mine are just 1.2. For the smaller one, one uh, for the bigger one, sorry, and 1.4 for the smaller one. Okay. Nothing crazy. Um, I played around with a few different styles. A wet molded one was horrendous. Um, oh, really? Yeah, I just I I think I had an idea in my head of how it was going to work, and it just didn't didn't work out that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I need to work on wet molding because I do want to wet mold a few things, um, but. I can't. The only thing I've successfully done is a lighter. Um, Actually, which is that? That's cool. That's like the quarter. Oh, I just made it so I had a lighter that I could use for my thread. Like it's all burnt up and stuff that's like cool. that. But I did it mainly to practice. Um, had a wet mold, and it's the only. It's the first thing I did. It's the only thing I've done right since. Yeah. 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 I know there's so many different. Like you got like tall. Like I wouldn't do tooling. Tooling's not my thing. Dying's probably not my thing. Yeah. Like, yeah, I kind of like the idea. Like, I'm a, I like to sit down and have a plan and get it done in four hours and it just be done and that's it. Like, yeah. 
even wet molding, it's like you had to do it the night before. I'm like, no, nah, you've already lost me. So uh, yeah, because I'm not really an expert on wet molding. So you, oh yeah, cause you have to yeah you have to do it and you have to let it dry. Yeah. Yeah, so the way I've done it in the past, I've done a few lighters. Like, I've had mates just ask me, oh, would you wet mold a lighter for me? Um, and so, yeah, you basically just drown it in water until it stops bubbling. And whatever you want wet, it wet molded to, I've just wrapped it in plastic and then wrapped the leather around that and made it as tight as I possibly can, set it with literally some bulldog clips. I've got a bunch of bulldog clips here. Um leave it for 24 hours, make sure it's dry, come back, take the bulldog clips off, punch the stitching holes, stitch it shut, and finish the edges. Like, that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, don't have to glue it shut because it's already molded to the shape and the stitching is really what, like, the stitching holds it in place, right? Yeah. The glue is just for you to get your stitch line straight yeah. and even. Um, yeah, guys that do, like, holsters yeah. and all that, like, couldn't, like, they're wet most. Like, oh, I couldn't do... That's crazy. <laughs> that stuff's phenomenal. And they have like the like the plastic like Glock that they. Have. Yeah, I mean we're never going to need to do that here, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> unless you get a random cop say, or you reckon you can make it. I know. I think it's like unless you want to get swatted or something. Like that. Mm. <laughs> why are you making? Why are you <laughs> making holsters, gun holsters? <laughs> Just making leather. I don't understand. Um, but yeah, I don't know. There's tons of things I'd like to make, but. I'm not trying to rush into anything because I don't want to feel like, you know, five years has passed and I've done it all. Um, I'd like to enjoy doing this for a while. Nah, because, like, I remember I, I remember I watched this video and some guy said, he's like, there, oh, I can't remember the full quote, he's like, um, there hasn't been, like, a craftsman that hasn't practiced um, like a, a given craft that hasn't on the last day that he or she was in the workshop thought that, that there was more the, the last day that he or she was in the workshop thought that there was more to learn or something like that right wait I'm trying to it, it, it's, it's like it gets me every time like uh... there was a maker or a user and I suppose that's what keeps people coming back to it again and again it's not only that it's challenging it is challenging it's just hard to learn a craft but also that the greatest master that ever practiced a given medium on the last day that she or he spent in the workshop still felt that there was more to learn i still felt that there was more to learn i love that That's like awesome. i love any yeah i love that it's like because even if yeah you know even if you've been doing this for like 50 years you still feel like there's more to learn yeah i agree and this it's the opportunity for personalization and customization for you as a crafter is endless. Well, just like, like think of leather craft, like saddlery, bridles, shoes, wallets, belts, chairs, <laughs> cars, like car seats. It's like the well, it keeps going. Jackets, you know, clothing, fashion, yeah, small goods, whatever. Like coasters. you could literally. Gloves. Like, have, you ever, have you ever thought about making a glove? I literally thought of that today. I was like, it'd be good to make gloves. Yeah, I just got some chevre delivered today, and I was like, oh, this kind of feels like a golf glove. I wonder if I could make a golf glove, mm. but I don't think I will. Do but know, it got me thinking about it, you know? Like, do you know, like, those, like, the old, like, the pilots, how they used to have, like, those big gloves, and it's, like, like they're strapped. So, oh, it'd be cool to make yeah. like, something like that, like a, like a motorcycle or something like that. 
I'd feel really weird working with an empty hand. What do you like mean? imagine trying to imagine trying to hand stitch the fingers on like a hand that's not actually a hand, and you're trying to like you just feel weird. I think you have to like I think it has to be inside out to do it. I don't want to think about it. It's weird. <laughs> uh, I who knows? I Two years from now, you'll see me make a glove, and you'll go hard. No, because um. I remember I did look into, like, how to make gloves, like, ages ago, and I was mm. like, oh, I can't be bothered, like, uh, if, if you're really interested, yeah, but I just wasn't, you know, like, if you're interested in making, like, a, boil, a, a bag, how do you make a bag, it's like, yeah, there's interest in me wanting to make a bag, but it's not really much interest in making a glove, because mm. it's a quite a specific, specific, it's not like a bag where you make one shape, whereas, like, you have different sizes like, different hand sizes, how do you... Yeah, true. I guess that's why most gloves are one size fits all, but that's always a lie. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I can't believe that I sent this guy a giveaway and the parcel has been opened by either Australia Post or his... um, his National Postal Service, and they've taken half of the giveaway. Hang on, what? Would you, would you send? So I did a giveaway. Um, so I initially did this giveaway um, right when I started, and I think it was for, like, I launched my website or something, and I wanted to do a giveaway because I made a cool version of the Bushman and just wanted to give it away, really, no real reason. And I did it, and the person that won it I reached out to, and then they'd like two or three days later, I'd gone to message them again and they either blocked me or just disappeared off Instagram. And I was kind of like, okay, well, what do I do now? Like, do I redraw it? Do I, like, I don't know what to do. So I put it to my story and I said, what do you guys want? Do you want me to redraw from the same group of people and take that person out? Or do you want me to rerun the giveaway and I'll add value to it? So I'll, like, I made a pretty average keychain. Um, and, I'll, and I'll add a key fob um, to it as well. And so the, the verdict became rerun it. So I reran it and I launched it and it has like, I don't know, I think like a total of 92 people entered it or something ridiculous. And um, this guy won who's a leather crafter from Italy and him and I were actually it was not close, but we were talking a bit before the giveaway and I was talking to him about running it. He goes, oh, I'll enter it. And, like, English is in his first language, which is fine. And him and I get along, and he just sent me a message then. He said, hey, um, I went to the post office to pick up the box because we were, like, trying to work out where it was with the tracking. He said, I paid custom taxes, even though you ticked this as a gift, which wasn't the worst thing. However, when I opened the package, it had been tampered with, so I didn't find the card holder or the keychain, just the fob. This is a big blow, and I'm so sorry. It would suck for you seems that the package has been tampered with by either the Australian post office or the one here in Italy, and they haven't notified me. What? Didn't even know yeah. how to do that. And, like, check this out. It's like someone's clearly opened that box. Like, they've ripped into it. And then that's what he looks at. And I sent three different Hessian bags, and he's just got one. Where do you get those Hessian bags from? And, like, your little logo... A, um, someone's literally cut the box open. Hey, 
Um, I get them from a wedding supply store called Kosh & Co. Oh, okay. But I bought them in bulk for our wedding, so we got them cheap. You can buy them online. You just look up like a mailing box is all it is. Mm-hmm. I just happened to be there when when I needed yeah. them, and I was like, "Oh, cool! I'll buy these." Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're just called a mailing box, and they normally come in four sizes, and I just buy the, the second to smallest. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So you're gonna send that guy a new? Well, actually, well, for, yeah. So you're gonna send that guy a new one, or? Well, a I feel bad, but then. Like, yeah, I will, but I don't want it to just get taken again. It wasn't cheap. It was like 30 bucks to ship it to Italy. And yeah. then he's paid import taxes on it. So, so much for a giveaway, right? I'm shocked. Like, I'm dis- like someone's obviously opened that box and taken the product out. And it's really disheartening. Because what if he'd paid for that, you know? It's like, that's so average of whoever did that. Mm. And it was weird, too, because the tracking disappeared for two days. Yeah, this is... Yeah. I paid for insurance, so technically I could go to OzPost and get the value of the product back, but it's not worth it. Yeah. I'll just make him another one, and maybe I'll send it through a different career. So so how do you do giveaways? Because I've never done one before, and you've got me making me, making me want to do one just... <laughs> Sure, they're cool. They're fun. They're really oh, well, engaging. Uh, how do you how do you do them? I've never. I I posted a photo of the product and I said giveaway. Literally running a giveaway. It's going to cost you nothing. I'll ship it to you at my cost. You, all you have to do to enter is like the post, follow me, and tag a friend. And every time you tag a friend, it counts as an entry. And then what I did was, you can find them. There's basically websites where you just post paste the link of your post into the website and it will find, and you can fiddle with the numbers and it will find every comment someone's tagged someone in and it will work out whether or not they have also liked the post and followed you. So it will filter out everyone that hasn't followed the rules. And then you just hit like select and it shuffles through everyone and picks a random winner. Wow. Okay. Cause it's like, do you just, cause I thought it was like, you click the like, you see your likes, you just scroll through blindly and you just, kind of, oh, uh, if I had to do that, I wouldn't run them. yeah like that'd be it um no there's websites to help you help you do it and if you just look up like instagram comment picker on on google you'll find a website that'll do it for you so what's the raffle thing so like is what is there different types of giveaways like you got that one so i did the giveaway i did the giveaway just because i wanted to say thank you to people yeah. Like there were a lot of people that were following me and engaging with my posts and stuff like that, and I sort of wanted to just give people the opportunity to own something for nothing. Um, and I made it kind of unique. You know, I made it out of this different type of leather that I hadn't used before and I hadn't really seen much of at the time and has now blown up, which is fine. But um, I'm disappointed that that's gone missing because I don't have any of that leather left. What um, was it? It was ghost leather. Oh, what, Invisible. No. That's probably why it wasn't. It's called Ghost. It's like a... Um, that's ironic, though, now that you say that. Um, it's called Ghost. It's it's just a, a veg tan leather that's got this, like, waxy finish on the top of it. Um, if I had any, I would show you, but I do not have any. Um, yeah. It looks cool. If you look it up, it's on Belt Production. Is where I, Belt's Production is where I got it from. But that was a giveaway, and then I run a raffle because... 
I kind of just would like to do that and give people the opportunity. Like I raffled off a shell Cordovan wallet and I thought instead of posting this up on my site and charging someone X dollars for it, why don't I just give people $10 entry and I'll limit the number of spaces and you've got a one in 12 chance to win it. And then, you know, I'm happy because I'm making a profit off a product. Other people are happy because it's unique and they're only paying $10 for a chance to win it, you know. Um, whereas if you turned around and paid, let's say, 150 upwards for a shell court of a card holder, it'd probably hurt a little bit more. Um, and, you know, I asked for some of the people that entered for feedback, you know, like, would you enter again? And it was mixed opinions, but predominantly yes was the, the feedback I got. So I think I'm going to start running them monthly and just try and make a really unique product once a month. I'm not committing to it, but I'd like to try um, and just, yeah, produce something somewhat different to what I would normally pump out once a month and raffle it off. Yeah. Yeah. What, um, so what, you can actually restrict it to 12 people. Well, yeah, I just basically sold 12 tickets to a raffle. Okay, how do you do that? So I posted about it on my story, and I said, if you're interested, like, I did one of those polls where it was like the yes or no polls. Yeah. And I just, first I said, would you be interested before I make it? Would you be interested in doing something like that? And I got, like, a pretty, it was definitely heavily weighted towards yes, um, but obviously people, so a lot of people are a lot of talk and not a lot of action. So a lot of people said yes. And then when I actually posted about it, and I said, this is the wallet. Here's the process. It's, it's $10 entry. Um, click yes for more options or no, I'm out. I got like 28 people said yes. And I messaged them all um, with the information. And I think in like a day and a half, I'd sold all 12 tickets. Wow. Um, yeah, and then I randomly, in fact, I spoke to, I was up at Woolies, and I spoke to a guy about it, and I had like a, a keychain hanging off my belt loop uh, to get in and out of my apartment building, and he said, oh, that's a really cool keychain. I said, oh, thanks, I made it. And he goes, oh, that's awesome, blah, blah, blah. We had a chat, and I said, oh, you know, I've got a raffle going on. And he goes, oh, yeah. And I said, yeah, it's on Instagram. He goes, I'm not inst on Instagram. So I got his mobile number and took $10 cash off him, and said, yeah, I'll give you a call if you win and you're number seven and don't forget it and called him the next day and said, sorry, mate, you didn't win number two one. He goes, oh, send me the video of the wheel spinning. I want to see how close I got. And I said, you were miles away, but yeah, sure, I'll send it through to you. Um, but yeah, like that's just sort of what I did and wow, it was fun. Nice. It was fun for me and uh, I don't know, people seem to enjoy it and another crafter asked me, oh, you know, how many how many crafters entered it? And um Funnily enough, a crafter won, but it was for a gift for his girlfriend. So I'm happy that it's not just going to go sit in a crafter's box of things I'll probably never use. Um, Reverse engineering it. Yeah. How do I create this? Um, and another crafter said, oh, is it predominantly crafters? And, you know, it was 12 spots. And I think only three crafters bought spots, mm -hmm. maybe four. Um, and the rest were people. So, yeah, it was cool. It was good yeah. fun. Okay. I want to know how you do it now, because that's actually a cool idea. So, 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 how you, so what link do you use to get people to pay you, and then how do you... I did PayPal. Um, okay. So PayPal took a bit of a cut, obviously. There were some oh, people so you that just said... Say, you just say, like, there's 12 entries, and if yep. someone wants to enter... Yeah, well, PayPal's instant, right? If someone pays you something through PayPal, you get a notification straight away. Even though the money's not... You, could, you have to withdraw it from PayPal for it to mm -hmm. hit your account. So the second I would see it come through, I would then message them. 
like direct message them on Instagram. Cool, thank you for entering. You are number X. And it was randomly generated, so I just had like a random number generator on my phone, 1 to 12, and every time it randomly generated one of those numbers, it would remove it from the randomization the next time around. So like the first person was actually number 8, and then it removed it. So the next time it was picking a random number from 11 numbers, and I just kept randomly giving people numbers. Okay. Um, but what if someone, if there was already 12 people that entered, then someone transferred you money? No, so I was direct messaging people one by one. Oh, okay. So the 28 people that said that they wanted to enter, I messaged them all and said, if you're keen, let me know if you want more, inf- like here's more information. If you want to make a payment oh, okay. and buy a ticket, oh, okay. let me know. And so... I would send people one by one. Like I would wait for someone to respond to pay me to make sure that that didn't happen. You know okay. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Was it like 24 hour delay? No, it was instant. It was straight into PayPal. No, I mean like you, you're the, the draw. Did you wait 24 hours? Oh, I sort of said at the beginning that as soon as all 12 slots are gone, I'll notify you all when I'm going to draw okay. and it will be quite soon. And I literally did it like an hour and a half later. Just on a story, or did you post? Yeah, just on a story. Oh, fair enough, that's cool. Yeah, it's good fun. No, that's awesome. Something different. I haven't seen anyone do it, so I was like, why not? Yeah, that's, that's a... <laughs> What's the hunt? That's actually the shelf here. That's what it came from. You can see the cutout at the bottom. Okay. Yeah, okay. That's nice. So, you know, will I use this shell again for a giveaway? Maybe not. Maybe I'll... Use a different color, or you know, maybe I won't even. I probably won't even use shell to be honest. I'll just create something different. Maybe it'll be a valet tray, or a, yeah, and I'll get dollar entry and fifty people can enter. I don't care. Like, yeah. Does um, actually, I'll ask you this question actually. So, when you got your little logo, did you did you notice? Because I've only had my logo for a little while, and. Mm. When you have like a piece of leather, like a leather wallet, and it has no logo on it, and then you put your logo on it, it's just like a huge difference. Like I remember oh, when, yeah. I, when I put my logo, I was like, "Wow!" Like it, it doesn't look like a plain piece. Like it mm. has that maker's mark on it. Mate, wait till you get a second stamp. I've now got two stamps, and I just want to stamp everything. <laughs> like, what else can I put this on? <laughs> like, I want to like I want to get like the gold foil one, like a gold one. Oh yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm not super about that. I think it takes away from the product, but I do like how it looks. But for me, personally, like, I don't think I'll be gold foiling anything. I just gold, like, just a full gold foil logo wallet. <laughs> Someone did one, and it was massive. It was like the whole wallet almost was gold foil. It's like a Louis Vuitton one, but just... I know, I was like, this is crazy. <laughs> wow. But, yeah, I know, I, I um... Yeah, no, it's like, what's my second stamp? So, actually, what's your second stamp? Do you, you have your main... One. What do you yeah, so second? I've got I've got my main one, which is like my logo, yeah. which is just a John James needle with some thread in the form of a halo, because my surname is Heaven. So that's kind of why the logo is the way the logo is. And then my next stamp is literally just the brand name. Um, Mitch Made Goods is actually really hard for you to see. Does it say Made brand. in Australia? It says Handcrafted Sydney. Um, oh, yeah, that's cool. Like that. So, yeah, yeah those are like my two logos. What else can I stamp? <laughs> Literally, I man, I just went ham and started stamping coasters last night. Is that Shell Cordovan's coasters? Nah, it's Wicked and Craig. Is that glazed harness? You know, yeah, glazed harness. So I've got that one, and then I've got 
that one. So two different. Yeah. I like the I like the the riding one. Yeah, I like it too. It's super clean and you yeah. Know, I got it from Coastal. Wherever he gets his where he sources his stamps from, I think deserves it, a lot of wine because they're yeah, doing well. Yeah, I think I think I actually went through who he goes. Like I didn't I didn't go through him. I went I think I went through the person who he goes through. Right, right. Um. I think it's a dude. It's a dude in, in Hong Kong. I'm pretty sure. He did say that. And yeah, and yeah. literally, like this guy, I asked, like, "Oh, is it like all?" He said it's a friendly, like a family business, like all you know, not you know, dodgy slave trade, etc. Yeah. And, but this guy from Hong Kong, that's why I got my stamps through. Do you get the hammer one? Um, I do, but I don't actually do that method anymore. No. Um, Dylan taught me. A method with a vice, which works a lot better. Is that a lot the, more consistent. Uh, the arbor? No, it is. I don't have an arbor press. I literally have... It's right next to me here. I have this vice that I got from Hot Dollar for $3. Um, and it just allows me to make a really consistent press every single time. So basically... Yeah, how do you do it then? The So the leather will lay flat. Uh, this will go underneath the bench. I'll put the stamp on top of the leather, like that. I'll push the, and then I'll just I'll just tighten it, right? Like I'll pull it all the way up, and it will just slowly stamp this brass wow. stamp into the leather. And I just I, after practicing for twenty minutes, learned like what the what the pressure is where I need to stop like I can feel now okay that's that's far enough in I've or um and it just it's so much more consistent versus with a hammer you sit there and you're like all right I'm pretty sure it's four good whacks with the hammer will get it in there and then you hit it four times and you take the stamp off and you get barely in there and you got to try and reline it up before you get it on properly so you you got the the flat the the top of its flat yeah, I've got the hammer attachment if I want to. Like, if I want to use the hammer, I can. Yeah. But this method that I learned from, from Dylan is I just use this now. Yeah, good idea. Cause, um, because then, because those hand you have to pay for the handles. Whereas, like, if you if I can just buy yeah. the other little square piece, it'd be so much more cheaper. And I can get Joseph M. Leather Adelaide. Yeah, do it. <laughs> do it. That'd be awesome. Like, yeah, so what's your say? Because, uh, cause, like... This is handcrafted Sydney. Okay, because, like, this, it's a huge thing to, to choose the right words. And making sure it all lined up nice. Yeah, you do have to make it all line up. Um, and, like, even getting, like, this little line in here was a pain. Oh, yeah, because you, you have to send the file to the people. Yeah. I mean, I just sent it to Rob on Discord, and I said, is this going to work? And he's like, yeah, yeah, that's perfect. It's great. No, the 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 Australian community because Australia is quite we're quite similar all over the place. Like mm-hmm. even though we're in different states. Well, I was even talking to a guy, uh, another crafter. Again, he's an account that I followed on my personal account, and he hasn't necessarily been around for that long either. But he's got some really cool stuff, and um, he's in Norway, and he was saying like, "There's no there's no network here." Um, you know like there's no group connection or anything like that it's just he's messaging people on instagram and i mean it's great that we have this platform where we can have a community on too but 
you know, I feel pretty blessed that I can duck up to the central coast and talk to the owner of Crown and Anchor or duck into and talk to the owner of Deer Dagger or, you know what I mean? Like I've, I've got, I've got those people literally in my backyard. It's just going to cost me a 40 minute drive. Yeah. And even then it doesn't, it seems like peanuts. Yeah. So worth it. Yeah. Yeah. And it would be good to see people in real life because it's like, as a leather crafter, it's like you just by yourself sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to organize a, um, a meetup for the Sydney based guys. Um, just literally to have a coffee and a chat or a, preferably a whiskey and a chat. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah, lighthouse, him and I did a group buy. So I swung by his cafe one day and his local cafe and had a, had a chat with him for an hour. I think we shot the breeze for and, you know, I went up and saw Crown and Anchor at one of his markets and chatted to him for a solid half an hour, 45 minutes before I let him actually get back to work. Um, yeah, I'm talking to Lighthouse next week. Yeah, yeah, cool. He's a cool dude. Incredibly tall is the feedback I get from everyone that I've met in the leather community. I'm so much taller than I thought you'd be. I'm like, what do you think? We're all little hobbits working at your workbenches. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just a dude. So, I don't know. I don't know what I thought you would look like if it wasn't the person in the tree, to be honest. <laughs> the person in the tree. I don't know. No, that's Yeah, no, because I want to do, like, my re- real sort of meet the maker picture. It's like, I need to have, like, a leather apron. Like, I need that because it's, like, that's just the armour of a cra- leather craftsman. Nah, mate. I get home and work in my work uniform. Like, okay. if I made aprons, I wouldn't be wearing one. I'd be giving them to people, selling them and stuff. Um, no, because they, like, apparently they, like, they mould to your body, like, yeah. and, all, and they, like, patina and that sort of stuff. If but I just wear clothes, I reckon I've got over 50 square feet of leather. Wow. That I've just got to work through, because I keep buying colours and types and stuff. Hmm. So Some I... of it, fair enough, it's been for orders, but, yeah. Yeah. I remember I, I bought, like, I needed a zipper... And it was like, I literally just got the zipper. It was like $15 for the zipper, the little stoppers and that sort of stuff. Plus $40 or $50 of postage. Yeah, and then the worst thing as well is like, you go, okay, it's $50 for shipping. All right, I'm going to wait and I'm going to buy some more things to make it more worth it. So then I'm going to add some leather into that and get some more hardware and maybe I'll buy this tool and try yeah. these different thread colors. And then because the weight of the order has now gone up, it's now $80 to ship it. And you're like, well, there's no point. Oh. <laughs> I can't win either way. Yeah. Um, you got to find a balance. So what I've, what I've personally worked out is if I order three different colors of three square feet of leather, it keeps it, if it's through DHL, it keeps it at that base, like $40, $50 rate. But then as soon as I order one more square foot, it bumps it up to the $80 one. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, well, I'll just order nine square feet of leather at a time, and I'll be fine. I'll keep it in that, yeah, in that range. That's what that's what that's what's so good about one of the things that's so good about Passage and Coastal. Uh, so thanks, Mitch, for coming on. I appreciate it. Thanks, Joe. Thanks for having me.